Yeah, welcome to Touch Podcast. This is Ryan. And this is Nate. And today we're doing a a recap. Well, not a recap. Just more goodness of our first interview with Jennifer Knapp, the podcast which started it all. Yeah, we are. This is kind of a vacation week for us. Actually, it's a work week. We're working on location in, up, in opposite parts of the country. And we decided that we needed to have a little chat about episode one and introduce people to episode one who've picked up in the middle of this season. Jennifer Knapp. Jennifer Knapp, yeah. And she's amazing. She was incredible. She's really incredible. And actually, she's our friend now. That's the magic of, of, I guess, doing a podcast, I guess. Not the magic of being awesome, because both you and I are awesome. We just have to admit that. We have our own awesomeness as well. As each of you do, all of us who are sexual beings, we have this this inner awesomeness that we're all wanting to tap into. And this is the reason why we're doing this podcast, to offer more conversations. So wherever you are on your path, on your spectrum to fullness and faith and fullness and sexuality, you can gain access to that with these conversations. Yeah, and what, what we were just talking about off camera was this phenomenon of, uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't exactly sure where this podcast was going to go. We started with Purity, and it really has stayed on the effects, impacts, and helps from purity, which we didn't exactly expect. We thought we would pivot sooner away from that topic, but it seemed to be so important. We got, we've gotten tons of emails on this and uh, messages, Facebook messages about encouraging messages. And, uh, and just before this, uh, we started recording, Nate and I were talking about how, um, you know, the purity culture Tight, wound up this rubber band really, really, really tight um, to try to clamp down on all the sexual energy in evangelical religious life in America. And I and we were just talking about what we think we see happening now is that rubber band on the little toy airplane is like it's spinning the propeller and there's lots of things taking off right now. So this is a real exciting time to be talking about this topic about sex. It's like sex after purity. <laughs> it, is. it is like sex after a purity. And in fact, a friend of mine was referring to me to an article that he, he read. He kind of referred to it as, I mean, the writer that our article was referring to this time as a, like another sexual revolution. And the person I was talking to, he was a married guy. So he's like, hey, is this true? Is this what it's really like out there? And, you know, all this talk that you're seeing in media, when you're hearing people talk about polyamory or you know open marriages and all this such i mean the the dating scape has fully changed from when i remember it uh conversations about openness is it's not i'm not saying it's any easier to handle but it is a lot it is out there a lot more yeah and even the the simple little crack in women are allowed to want sex and enjoy sex and expect sex like even that little crack of openness has like there's so many conversations going on right now um it's really it's it's pretty mind-blowing and so yeah we're excited about being part of of something that's quite big and i think taking off yes yes it's a cultural backlash to to the purity movement and Jennifer Knapp is a really fascinating voice for this and especially now she's about to tell us a story of being involved with the purity movement and this was one of those subjects that we couldn't air on the original podcasts because it's just meaty 
It's really meaty. It needs enough space to kind of sink your teeth into the, you know, the, the full story behind some of these simple moments that Jennifer's talking about. Yeah, this is, and where, if, if you guys are joining uh, for the first time, this is where Jennifer Knapp tells a story that is, for the first time, sort of at ground zero for purity movement when True Love Waits was going national and they wanted her to be the poster child for it. And she was, it set off some red flags in her uh, because she recognized that they were inadvertently commercializing women's virginity. And so we'll hear that, that she, and, and, you know, and we have this on camera too, so you'll have to wait for, um, uh, you'll have to wait to see it or, yeah. or you can become a patron. Oh yeah. You can touch podcast. Yes. You can go to patreon.com slash touch podcast. And if you give us a couple bucks, become a supporter, uh, that video content will be uh, available to you a little later uh, this summer. A big, a big juicy interview with her. Uh, where she drops a couple names and uh, it's pretty spicy. <laughs> and you know, honestly, like this, this was the part where like this entire f- podcast, this entire season of Touch Podcast has been for, for me and Ryan. It's kind of like this is an investigative serial type of thing. Like we're, we're learning what this is as we go along. And so to start off, for us to start off with a story like this, it was like, whoa. We, we just started off at ground zero of, of understanding what's been going on. So um, I hope you feel the thunder of this as much as we did. And our sweet little microphones in our very first podcast. Aww. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is our first time. <laughs> this is our first time. Welcome to Touch Podcast, conversations of spirit and body. This is Ryan. And this is Nate. I almost feel like we should start again. And instead of saying, yeah, this is about Ryan and Nate, we should say this is about sex and church. Why didn't I think of that? Okay. That's a better start. Let's start again. Let's say, <laughs> let's say well, I mean, faith, this, this, we're, we're faith in the middle of it. Let's say faith and sex. Faith and sex. Yeah, that sounds yeah. better. That yeah. sounds better. Totally. And like, I'm like, uh, right now, this pivot right here, um, I'm guessing this is on the show. Because this is really our flow. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is yeah. how it happens. But yeah, what, this what, is not a podcast about how we figured everything out. Yeah. This is a podcast about a journey of all these crazy things that have happened and people we've got to meet and talk to. That's really what the show's about. And they, all you have to do is say, tell me about your faith and what did you, what's, what's, the, what's going on with sex right now? And then yeah. it just like, the thing blows up and... It blows up. That's right. Yeah, and and actually, to to kind of to kind of give a picture to that, we're at Wild Goose, and oh, yeah. Jennifer Knapp is is one of the performers at the festival, mm-hmm. and uh, former uh, Christian pop star, really popular '90s, early 2000s, and then she sort of disappears for a while. She comes back, and she has a book and. And so you, Nate gets in line at the book signing and then pulls her aside and sort of... That's right. I should be telling what, the story because you weren't, you weren't there. Yeah, um, I was across camp. But, oh yeah, it, 
and the two, she's going to confront you in the conversation we're going to listen to in a little while. She confronts you on this, oh, on this issue. She does. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at this moment, what I'm thinking here is, oh my goodness, here's Jennifer Knapp. I've heard about her. I kind of heard about what happened, but you know, I've never really read too much into it or heard it from, you know, the person's mouth. So I tell her that, um, that I used to be a Southern Baptist minister. Uh, and now I'm involved with um, editing and producing docu-series. And now I'm working on a documentary, you know, trying to, to see, to confront, to reconcile church and sexuality because it affected me and not just me, but many folks uh, in the mid nineties of which uh, my best buddy Ryan was a part. And that's why I was there. And I, and I told her that I remember listening to her music and that she was involved with this era. And I'm just curious to hear what happened. And, and then she just opened like a floodgate, just (laughs) it's raining outside. And so you can hear that in the background, but we're delighted to be with Dove Award winner and two-time Grammy nominee, Jennifer Knapp. What's this question that you want to ask me? Well, I'm curious, like, I'm curious, like why, like, so yeah, I remember us meeting at Wild Goose and we were talking about this stuff, but what makes you come up to a table and ask an artist like me and somebody that you've never met? And so like you were talking about a narrative that you once understood and now there's like an intersection of that narrative again in a different time in a different place. Yeah. And there's something about it that you relate to. Mm -hmm. Of course, I don't know what that is and it's wildly different than mine, but we relate to that on some level. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what that is. Like, why you even came up to the table and thought that I could engage in this conversation with you? Yeah. I can answer that question. Okay. So, for me, it was because I felt like it had something to do with sex. That's why. Okay. And, yeah, I probably, you know what? I stopped, I stopped doing the, I, I stopped, um, I stopped being a Christian product consumer. Um, <laughs> right, no, because it's a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I quit. I, I I quit being a consumer, a Christian consumer, like around two thousand seven, two thousand seven or something. Okay, that's when my mar- mar- my marriage started to really weather away. Um, so around there, this fall from grace, I just kind of like, all right, I'm just not gonna do the Christian. I'm just not gonna consume right. Christian product. Um, ever since then, and a depression happened before then, so I kind of detached myself since then. Um, and yeah, that's probably why I wasn't up to speed on when you came back and such. No, right. Well, yeah. cause you know, why would you pay attention to that narrative? Because it was, a lot of mine was yeah. caught up in Christian consumerism Yeah. for, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, if you're kind of off of the narrative, if you're off, to the, off of the Christian narrative or what, if it's a church that you've grown up or and you somehow don't fit that, yeah. the first thing you do is get rid of it. I mean, that's what I did. I mean, I, I couldn't hang out with CCM anymore when I started, you know, when I started to have problems with what everyone says you have to do. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure I can do that anymore. Right. I'm not sure I can, like, sp- tell everybody they're supposed to be virgins. I'm not sure I can tell everybody they have to be straight. And then in my own narrative, I'm like, oh, wow, once I started paying attention to myself, you're right, sex is part of it. Ryan and I... Um, not only were we best buddies like back in, in those college years, but in, in reuniting, um, we discover that Ryan is married with, with two adorable kids and he has this amazing career involved with a lot of folks in the church network. 
So Nate and I are in college. Nate, I go to seminary. Nate goes away to film school. And so he gets into the LA crowd. He gets married. Um, he's making movies. He's got his own shows. He's editing for um, some big name shows in LA. And then, but he is no longer married. <laughs> and no kids. Um, no kids. Um, a lot thinner and sexier than I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Different, different strokes for different folks, man. Oh, but I should say that you've been on a pretty specific journey. Yes. That after, after your marriage ended, you went on a, a journey of faith and sexual exploration. And so we're sort of in this re, being reunited. You've had a couple of years to have some really interesting experiences and... Yes. I've been the religious guy having kind of a normal religious life. No, I've, ha- I've had some. Oh, contrary. I've prayed with Buddhists prayer. in the, yeah. While this has been happening in Nate land, in Ryan land, where, where he has been professionally working in between churches, in churches, kind of involved, you know, peripherally involved, like all these dynamics, right? As he's doing that, there is this desire in him. He's like in discovery right now. And as he's doing this with me, um, I'm finding out that he's a really damn good producer. <laughs> he's really good. Jim, Jim. <laughs> Maybe I should say. Well, thank darn, you. Maybe I should say darn good producer. So when I when I reconnected with Ryan, uh, Ryan is fascinated with my story. He's thinking, "Oh, Nate, your story should be a movie." Blah 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 blah. And he's helping me out in that regard as a friend. And then he reaches deep into his network, and he, and, and just with a Davy search, he finds the most profound and contrarian thinking um, uh, forces in the church that are addressing sexuality. And I had no idea these people exist. And it turns out my buddy Ryan is like one of, he's, he's on the renegade peripheral of the renegade Christians, right? Folks who are taking a step beyond culture and that's, that's changing the way folks are going to see, um, yeah, the church community. So, so I'm riveted by the story he's giving me, and he's riveted by the stories I'm giving him. Yeah, in my community, it's called being a heretic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with a sparkle in my eye, by the way. So we, we in this first, first half of the season, we've, we've already had several really interesting conversations. Yes, and several interesting experiences. Oh, um, yes. One of which I'll start is um, introducing to one of our future guests, whose name is Christina Kincaid. Um, And that was my step, that was my way of introducing him uh, to some of the things I've experienced in Tantra. Um, And then uh, Ryan took me to a certain camp or or a festival. Go ahead, you can tell that one. I wanna hear your take on this. Yeah, so the past couple of years, Cindy and I and the kids have been going to this Wild Goose Festival, a sort of hippie Christian, um, progressive Christian community. And yeah, and so, yeah, we're like, Nate, you need, you now, now you need to come hang out with these guys. And the so, heretics. The heretics. And Nate's like, wow, you, you had a really good time. Like, like you I just was. like, you just like went from wow to wow, I think. I experienced you as being like, I didn't know there were people who like were this free and loving and energetic about Christianity and not 
sort of conservative and fundamentalist. Exactly. Exactly. I, I looked at one of the brochures and one of it said the Tantra of Christ and I just flipped my lid. <laughs> what in the world is this? And another, another blurb on that, on that brochure or, or, you know, had a list of all the speakers and stuff. And the heading of that one is the Christian of tomorrow will be a mystic. And my head's like, what is going on? I, I thought I had to learn this in life and you guys are already addressing this in church. When, when did this happen? Um, so that was my shot. So we're going to jump in and this is where, um, Jennifer starts talking about this meeting she has uh, with with the Southern Baptists uh, about being the the uh, poster child for True Love Waits. We were involved with True Love Waits, yeah. and uh, in the early early days when it was you know being piloted around churches and. We know a lot of other evangelical Christians around the United States did some version of this hyper-conservative, purity culture, uh, virgin cult kind of religion in high school. And so that's what sort of this, we sort of spin out on, on that. We start talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And just one last thing to add. I want to talk about the poetry of this moment because... Here's me, you know, in my transition of life, finding Ryan again and Jennifer Knapp. And we've all kind of like, you know, in the mid 90s, you know, I remember listening to Jennifer Knapp's music with Ryan. And now here we are with her in person. It almost sounds like you're talking also about not just the art you were making, but how others were using your art. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, you know, like the first record I ever wrote was just this healing, transformative thing. I didn't know what Christianity was. I just, but I was curious. I was moved by it in some way. And I was, I still remember sitting in my room by myself, just with my guitar in my hands and just maybe their prayers, maybe their meditations, hopes, dreams, whatever. And I'm just, I'm plucking it out on guitar and just writing these things that you don't ever anticipate anyone's going to hear. And then all of a sudden that turns into a record and everybody hears it. And so I look back at that and the, the authenticity would have never thought about being used. And then all of a sudden it resonates with a lot of people. And good art, it's, I, mean, I don't want to qualify my own art that way, but... Maybe effective the, art? Yeah, like the mystery of music or the mystery of the things that we create. There's this beauty in the way that they resonate and somebody else picks it up and says, oh, wow, I relate to that. And they listen to it and they sing it and it becomes a song of their own heart. And it's, it actually transcends you or whatever you intended, which is the beauty of it. But then all of a sudden it gets into the mach this machine. It, you know, because it was, these were songs about my faith, because these are in a zone of things where people have like orthodoxy and theology and morals and ethics and what, you know, what would Jesus do was so hip in the 1990s. You know, this idea that I was making the song as an anthem for what Jesus would do all of a sudden became this weird kind of manipulation of what was a really innocent, um, like experience through creation, experience through prayer and art and music that had has an audience because people gravitate it's like the the wellspring 
But then now, because so many people gather, we want to market it. We want to sell it. We see it as effective. Oh, like Jennifer's this redeemed woman. Now we can go, oh, well, she knows how to relate to what it's like to be sexual and pure. So now we'll create this narrative and try and, since the whole tidal wave is moving here. And it, it it's just a really strange experience to have to go through. And people do rewrite that. They think, oh, because you're here and you're talking about Jesus, then you're into this. It seemed like, like when people started to ask me to talk about um, encouraging young girls or young teenage girls to be sexually pure, I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Why did you think that I was on that same page? You haven't heard the narrative yet, and you haven't asked me what I really think about it. And if I do tell you what I think about it, you wouldn't ask me. And then if I told you what I think about it, then you probably wouldn't even give me a voice to do my art and journey this out. And it's all kind of tangled up in all of these other things that come with religion and culture and art and expression. And it's, I don't know, it's super crazy. That's good. That's good. So tell us about, you're coming to what is probably the end of your popular Christian artist career. And I like you if, put it at the end of it. Well, and, well, this, yeah. Sorry, don't no, let me fine. assume. But you, it, it, you get approached by a particular purity movement who wants you to give a kind of direct you in a speci- to give a specific voice. So you were you were alluding to that. Would you say more about that? Yeah. Well, yeah. As like so, as as an artist who's having success, like commercial success within that genre of Christian music industry. I'm now among the names that you call because I'm succeeding and people buying my records and people go, oh, I know Jen Knapp. And so that weird thing in Christendom makes you a poster child in some ways for being, you know, I was a woman, I was a Christian, I was popular, so therefore I must be a good, good Christian woman. (laughs) I guess somewhere in that narrative and I you know I was gosh I was I think I was 26 maybe about that time I'd been involved in the Christian music industry so sex is a part of it like and I wasn't married so I was celibate for years but no one had bothered to ask me if that was like why I was celibate you know I was celibate so I could keep a job I was I didn't make celibacy a choice for my religion I necessarily. I mean there were issues that were personally driving what I did with my body. But the assumption, right? By the time that somebody gets the poster child of it and that I'm supposed to talk in this avenue as a public figure, everyone assumed that it would be a, of course you want young girls, 16-year-old girls to be virgins. Of course you want them to know nothing about penises and vaginas. Of course you want them in daddy-daughter dances. But and so one time I get called in this meeting when the the True Love Waits rally and uh, and the youth kind of conventions are really they're really big deals. I mean 10,000 plus kids or showing up to conference evangelical conferences and all of a sudden being a Christian kid is cool. And so now they've got them, they're there and they're in, interactive and they wanna give them content that's meaningful. And so the True Love Waits thing's coming up. I was moderately aware of it enough that I'm like, yeah, I developed some kind of opinion, but I get called into a meeting and somebody wanna, wants to, at, they're asking me if I'll you know, write some music that's 
catering to the True Love Waits movement that's encouraging teenagers to be sexually pure. I mean, these are very clear concepts that they're asking of me. We want this to be seen in your music. It's it's propaganda a little bit at that point. Um, I, but I don't think anyone thought that. You know, I, I just think we want music that represents that. And you are creative. You are on board with this. Why won't you do that? And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm going, man. It's a weird experience because it's a sign of your success that you're having that meeting. It's a sign that I'm, you know, as an artist, egotistically, you go, I'm making a cultural impact. I mean, people like the music. I haven't, I haven't had to shape anything to be here. I've just told my story. And now I'm being asked to use that to, for an ulterior motive. Like we're now pre-thinking what we want you to experience and feel and think when you get the end of it. Um, so that on its own was weird as an artist to be asked that. Um, the second was to have had experience with sex and understand how I felt as a human being who came into the church who wasn't a virgin and that's all everybody ever wanted to talk about. I was like, this is, this is a little bit weird. And so I had to look at that and say, I have an opportunity. This is bank. This is money in the bank. I'm, it's a sign that I'm succeeding within the industry, that people are asking me and not somebody else. I'm going to get a contract. I'm going to get publishing money. This thing is gonna go gangbusters. This could be six figures and up. This could be my a significant investment in my retirement fund. And it's, I'm sweat. I'm sitting there going, I remember sitting there in that room going, you're such an idiot. I can't say yes. And I'm. everybody's looking at me like it's like almost like this is the meeting that you take because you're going to do it. And I think my record company people were there. Or I had, you know, management people there. The, the people who were pitching this idea were there with me. And I'm going, oh, my God, I, I can't do this. I, I, I wanted to look around for an escape hatch and I can't. And I, I didn't even have the words to describe all the things that I'm even saying now. Like it was just this feeling in the pit of my stomach and just knowing what it felt like to be a young woman who had been shamed about their body and about what they'd done with it. And, and yet the irony of me finding dignity and self-worth in my faith. And I wasn't willing to go back there and to confuse the two of them. And I just like, I think maybe on the day I, I knew I was, it was just a hard, cold no, but I'm trying to kind of tap dance my way out of this situation because people are going to know why, I'm, they're going to ask me, well, why won't you do it? Because the money's good and you believe in the cause, right? And I'm like, I just said, oh, let me think about it. And I think I tiptoed out of the room, but it was never a question in my mind that I was going to say no. And when I started to express no, I was just like, I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure absolutely that I probably said, I'm intimidated creatively about working for a deadline and that it won't be good enough music created for a task. I've never done that before, which is true. But, you know, I had other conversations with the people who knew around that going, and even probably with my record company going, I don't know how we can do this. Why are we not talking about how queer this is? what kind of propaganda this is and are we sure this is the move that we want to make do we want to package virginity and sell it to kids we're going to stop right there and we're going to hear more from jennifer knapp in episode two 
In the meantime, you can hear more about her story from her 2015 TED Talk and from her book, Facing the Music. If you want to learn more about upcoming projects, including shows, those can be found at jenniferknapp.com. Worried because I wasn't that anymore. But you don't get to write the song about the shame you feel in the bedroom and trying to figure that out. Like, the consumerism won't take that. If you want to connect with us on social media, we got Twitter, we have Instagram. In fact, I've never been good at any of those. I'm actually using them for the first time with this. So this will be really fun. You can find us on the web at touchpodcast.com where you can also watch some extra videos that that I have done and some extra extra photos and audio content that Ryan's done and just a lot of written content from the both of us. Mm. I'm sort of asking you a question with no shirt on now. <laughs> Okay, I am good, I am recording. Right.